Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Dean Blundell Network proudly brings to you your favorite NFL podcast on the network, the loudmouth Chris Phillips, the brewmaster Steve Fisher, the Ball Hawks podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to your favorite NFL podcast, the Ball Hawks podcast, on this 4th of July. So happy 4th of July to our American peeps out there. Uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but I have, you know, some some family in uh, the Carolinas there, so I'm sure they're not listening, but if they are, you know, happy 4th of July. Hope you guys are enjoying it, and uh, we're all being safe in whatever we're doing. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at ssfisher87. For those of you joining us for the first time, we are also proudly part of the Dean Blundell Network. You can find all of our stuff on there, uh, deanblundell.com. And I know I say it every week, but every single week you do break the record. So, you know, another record setting appearance by Christopher Mike Razowski Phillips. What's happening today, dude? Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. That's a, that's a great pull. I'm going to I'm going to pull from from Boo there to uh, <laughs> to give that Mike Wazowski. Um I love that movie. God, I love that movie. Actually, that uh, reminds me, Carter's got this stuffed Solly that uh, he got it when he was like a year old. And like it's almost the same size as, as he is. And uh, one of my friends picked it up for me from one of the Disney stores down in Vegas when she was down there. And uh, she she said it was so big, it actually didn't fit. She couldn't fit it into her luggage, so she had to carry it on. <laughs> so she had this like oversized stuffed Solly, like just sticking out of like a, a Disney store shopping bag. Um, yeah, isn't that what you always want when you're traveling is like extra things to carry, especially when they're oversized when you're trying to get onto a plane as well. <laughs> And and not for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even my stuffed animal. Like, now I'm really choked. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to break the record once again. Um, <laughs> I, I hope to keep the streak alive next week. Uh, as you know, you guys can find me over on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. Don't, don't forget to follow the uh, Ballhawks account as well at Ballhawks underscore pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Wherever you social media, you could probably find us there, except for TikTok and Snapchat, because I'm too old to know what those things are. And we are not Pittsburgh Steeler wide receivers, so I don't think we're allowed to be on TikTok. Oh, it's okay. We're all allowed to burn them now, because even when their own team is calling them out, um, yeah. it, it's okay yeah, to De- do so. De- didn't Devin Bush say something about, like, if you're on TikTok, like, get out of my locker room. And I, I saw someone <laughs> being like, Devin Bush, like, you're going to need, like, your own, like specific locker room just for you then like yeah yeah you're kind of have you met yeah you're kind of pissing off like a couple people juju's a pretty big dude chase isn't the smallest of dudes either uh but good for him like i mean you know what i've never been on tiktok so maybe this is like my own uh you know ignorance with the social media app itself 
Um, but I, yeah, maybe if you're a grown, yeah, maybe, maybe if you're a grown up, you just don't do TikToks. I don't know. Maybe let's save that yeah, for I, the adolescence. I don't get it either. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, before we get started on our around the NFL, uh, there was, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you saw it. I, I, uh, I tweeted the 4th of July plate for $15. Did you see that one that was floating around today? Um, I did, yeah. So for for those of you who have not seen this, or maybe you're just not on Twitter, uh, there was, you know, one of these pick your things, and there was 25 items going from, you know, five items a tier, $5 down to $1. You had to pick your 4th of July plate, and your budget is $15. And... Uh, you know, there was there was some weird ones. There was definitely some weird ones where you're like, who's paying five dollars for watermelon? Like, you know, or lemonade. You know, I could have a beer for three dollars or I'm going to have a lemonade for five. Ew, I mean, hard sell on that. Unless, one. It, unless that watermelon has some mustard on it, like it's not worth five bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still got to try that. Um, I, I don't know what you picked Chris, but, um, I, I, I want to say maybe it was like Adam rank or, or someone like that. I can't remember. One of the NFL guys tweeted out, they, they, they started with three beers. So at $3 a pop for beer, they started with three, but, or, uh, $9 on that. And I just thought how funny that was. Cause that was my first thought was like, okay, give me a couple bevies. Like you can you're not you're not celebrating Fourth of July without, you know, you know you don't call me the brewmaster on on the intro here, because you know I I make lemonade you know so I I agree I started with three beers for nine bucks so really my budget is just six dollars, uh with you know with some good beer involved so I think I said like there was guac and chips for three bucks as well I could take one of those with a hot dog or something it seems solid, um. What, what did you pick? Yeah, it was um, I, I, I don't know who, whose Twitter account you saw, but I saw um, Kyle Brandt. Mm. He tweeted it was uh, four beers, four. a hot dog, a, a, a hot dog and corn on the cob, which, yeah. first of all, corn on the cob for a buck. Like, I think that's undervalued because corn on the cob is fantastic. Oh, so um, good. I, I copied, I, I, I followed his lead, uh, four beers for sure. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't have at least four beers at a barbecue? I have four beers when we podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I had four beers at three bucks a pop. I did my $2 hot dog and my $1 leftover. I did, uh, some, just some potato chips. Yeah. Something you could snack on, you know, as, as you're kind of like, hanging out. And that's the thing with potato chips is like potato chips are almost like when you're at a barbecue, like. They never really run out. Like there's always potato chips there, so you can just kind of keep yourself going on those potato chips all night. Um, yeah, as I, you I think exceed a... your budget beyond your four beers. <laughs> you know, you're like, wait a second, can I dip into like some credit here, or how does that work? Like IOUs are are those good for anything right now? Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> the, the, like if I give you the can back, can you just like? <laughs> Or beer back into it or like you know you give the can back it's you know 10 cents times however many you got so just you know funnel that into whatever extra i have or it's like when you go to the golf course right you've got like 
six beers in your golf bag, but you order one beer <laughs> from the golf course because golf courses got smart and they they put those stickers on their on their beer cans now, right? So yeah. like if you if you're drinking a you know non course approved beer, they're gonna be like, hey, wait a second, that doesn't have the sticker on it. So you buy that one from the course that's got the sticker on it. And then you just pour, pull the ones out of your golf bag and dump it into the empty can with the sticker on it. Oh, that's such a that's such a slow pitch baseball move there. Like in some of these places where, you know, they have the beer gardens there and, you know, everybody's I, I don't really mind paying in supporting them. Um, but, you know, there there are quite a few teammates I've had in the past who, you know, bring their own beverages there they'll go get one initial one in in their you know i guess ballpark approved plastic cup and then it's just sort of like in the dugout and you know you see them like some very weird actions into their ball bag and you're like oh yeah they're pouring themselves one out of their bag it's it's the never-ending beer i just you know i'm really good at nursing this one beer it just stays cold (laughs) for so long i have no idea how you guys do it bravo to you okay Uh I had that I had that move almost bite me in the ass a couple of years ago because I was like I was pouring it out into the you know course approved beer can, <laughs> but then I had my non course approved beer can just sitting the empty can oh. sitting beside the full can. I get off off my cart. I go to take my shot right as the course marshal is driving by and they stop right oh, beside my cart. And I'm like, oh do. man, I'm cooked. Yeah. Like I'm cooked. Um, and we were, we were there with my lacrosse team. And I thought, here we go. I'm, I'm getting kicked off the course. So I'm going home boys. Actually, I would, I would just go sit in the parking lot and drink my beers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but l- luckily the, uh, I mean, I'm, we were talking about picking your battles off air. I'm sure they knew they just yeah. decided to pick their battle and, and not, uh, you know, not call me out on it. Um, I don't think my lacrosse team is welcome back to that golf course anyways. Uh, but that's for different matters other than non-course beers. We'll have to ask Beebs about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to do a little bit of around the NFL kind of news. Uh, this week there was actually quite a bit of news. Uh, lots of little things going on in the NFL. Uh, the first one I wanted to bring up uh Demarius Thomas is retiring after what nine eleven years ten was it ten officially I think it was ten yeah um yeah I can't I can't remember off the top of my head um uh, but but it, this was yeah. one of my like favorite players of the 2010 decade like I loved the Demarius Thomas game uh, I want to say it was like 2012 when they had uh you know, they had their their run team and he was probably the best receiver or arguably a top three receiver in the NFL for at least four years. I want to say I want to say there was four years where he was well over a thousand yards um, and our keeper league. I don't know if you remember way, 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 way back when we drafted our initial people. Um, I were in a 12 man league. And I got pick, I want to say it was pick 11. So I got pick 11. And uh, this is when I thought Giovanni Bernard was going to like blow up. So it was between Demarius Thomas and Giovanni. And I just, 
I loved Marius Thomas. Obviously, all like the big running backs uh, were taken by the time I came and I picked him and I held on to him for a good like five years. I probably held on to him for a little too long. I think I ended up getting like a seventh round pick for him uh, once he had lost most of his value. But uh, a good career, a good humble dude. He was just that prototypical like height, physicality, speed, um, outside receiver that you could kind of count on. Um, it, it, it was one of those kind of retirements though. Like when I saw it, I was like, that guy's still in the league. Like yeah. it just kind of like caught me, caught me by surprise. Um, it, can you, sorry, can you see my screen? I can see your screen, yeah. All right. This is what I will always remember Demarius Thomas by. So I'll do a little play-by-play play play. here. It looks like it's second and seven. Seattle's up 5 Super nothing. Bowl 48. Boom! All right. Peyton throws Just a kidding. little check down crossing route to Demarius, and it looks like Bam Bam. Bam that, Bam, yeah, that's Cam Bam Bam Chancer destroys um, just him. Obliterates him. I totally forgot that he's the one on that highlight reel that gets blown up like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you just never heard anything um, negative, bad, anything like that in you know, in the news about Demarius and he played at a high level. Like, I feel like if we're comparing him to like, say like a hockey, he would be in the running for Lady Bing every single year for like sportsmanship, but also, um, you know, a high level of play to go with that. I, I will add um, Demarius Thomas is definitely one of the, like, if, if there's a most underrated team, he would probably belong there. Like he's just kind of the, one of those guys, like he was just, he was just there, but he did his job very, very well without a lot of recognition. Yeah, totally. I, I, I agree. I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I remember trying to trade him about three years into it. So he was still putting up like well over a thousand yards, big touchdowns. Obviously he didn't have Peyton with him. Um, but I, I feel like I remember trying to trade him and everyone's like, really? Like, I'm not paying anything for Demarius Thomas. And I'm like, what? Like a thousand yard, um, you know, you can guarantee that he's going to get you, you five or six touchdowns, probably higher, you know, in his in his prime there. I think he was getting double digits every year. Uh, but a good career. Happy for him. Uh, again, yeah, you kind of it, it's sad when a guy like that kind of goes out Um the way he did because he was he was so fun to watch in his early years um the the other one if we're sticking with wide receivers here um i know you saw the comments Devonte adams made to uh or i guess not to about Derek carr and this one you know i think most of social media had a heyday with him and it was basically i think the quote was where to it'd be a dream to play with car and that's obviously because they're you know really good friends but do you think it would actually be a dream for Devonte adams to play with Derek carr from a um 
I guess from uh, the game point of it, not from like, you know, nostalgic buddy views um, on, on the issue, like from a complete game performance standard, would it be a dream? Uh, I mean, they, they played together at Fresno state. Like they're not just, you know, they're, they're friends, but they're also former teammates. So they do have that familiarity with each other. Um, you know, they both had really, really good uh, college careers uh playing with each other um and i mean i guess let's not let's not forget that Derek carr a few years ago was in the mvp conversation before breaking his leg um yeah so we all know he can play right like he's not you know he does get uh you know crapped on a lot um I, I do feel like part of the reason why Derek Carr gets crapped on so much is because of his brother, David Carr. Uh, you know, his brother's the first overall draft pick and busted so hard that everyone kind of associates the name. Um, not saying that Derek Carr is, you know, he's not a top five quarterback in the NFL, obviously, but I, I would say he is, if not elite, he's he's kind of right, he's right there. Um, and, and is maybe missing a wide receiver like Devonte Adams to kind of push him over, over the hump. Um, yeah, that's probably a pretty know. good point. I mean, I mean, I feel like David Carr even gets a bad rep for being a huge bust and, you know, rightfully so he's a first overall pick. You've got to perform like it, but do you remember those Texans teams? Like that offensive line was so unbelievably bad like he was what Russ was doing last year like running for his life on every play but he was not Russ-esque in terms of escaping that pressure and it cost him his career essentially yeah isn't he like the most all-time sacked quarterback well no I I think Brett Favre is because of longevity but like yeah in 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 the, the the short like small window that David Carr was actually in the NFL. He was like the the highest sacked quarterback for that time frame. That would um, make sense. Like per I, don't, year. I don't know. Like, would it be a dream? I don't know. Like, it, you know, could it work out? Sure. Um, it, it does kind of make me chuckle. Like we were talking a couple weeks ago about Derek Carr saying, you know, he, he doesn't want to play anywhere else, but Las Vegas, he only wants to win with the Raiders and, you know, sure, he's talking about re- recruiting Devontae to the Raiders next year when he's a free agent, if he reaches that point, which I highly doubt he will. Because um, even if they can't work out a contract, he'll get franchise tagged, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't it be funny to see, like, I don't know, maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers for, you know, Derek Carr plus plus. Um, you know, Rodgers goes to Las Vegas, which the league would absolutely love to have yeah. Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas. And so would John Gruden. Uh, and then Derek Carr goes to the Packers uh, to, you know, uh, create the dream team of him and Devonte Adams. But then what does, what does Derek Carr say then? Does he retire? Like he promised? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that has to be lip service kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, it, I don't think it would be a dream scenario. I think I think the full quote was something about like, obviously, he's one of my best friends, so it would be a dream. You know, people just clip the part they need to create some content there. But um, 
yeah, I think he's a he's kind of like that fringe guy. And if he had some more weapons, like, you know, who knows? Who knows what he could be? It's the Joe Flacco all over again, man. <laughs> <laughs> the the Flacco elite. Just need that one good playoff performance to became become Sugar Shane Falco. <laughs> That's right. Uh, sticking with the Ravens here, we have some uh, non-news news, you could call it, with Lamar Jackson. Uh, it was said that, you know, sides were trying to negotiate a contract extension and uh, there was talks about it maybe happening this week. And again, I think that's probably media trying to drum up something. But, uh, you know, I like to steal your phrase, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I, I do think there is, you know, there is interest on both sides. He's not going anywhere. Uh, this year he's playing for, I think, about $3 million, if I remember correctly. Uh, he still has his fifth year option being the 32nd overall pick. Uh, so they can, I think the number was 23 million. So they would bump their cap up by 20 million, uh, which is still a huge bargain for, uh, you know, a franchise guy who has a unanimous MVP under his belt. Um, uh, the big, I don't know, 20, can... 23 million is a lot to pay, pay a running back to pay your running back. Right. What? Oh, I forgot. I was, I was scrolling Twitter and Darn, I wish I should have taken a screenshot of it. I want to say it was by Sarah Ellison, who we had on here um, a few months back. And I think her caption was perfect. She's like, I'm done defending Lamar Jackson running back comments. My rebuttal is if my quarterback is actually a running back and he's better than yours, what does that say about your quarterback? (laughs) Like if my (laughs) running back can play the quarterback position, what does that say about your quarterback and I thought it was uh it was just brilliant uh but I was gonna say the the news that kind of I guess uh I want to say is surrounding these talks probably because there's no actual concrete uh you know numbers or timelines or anything like that is that he doesn't have an agent and so that kind of factors into things it factors into the human aspect of it you know do the ravens go in there talking strictly business well probably not if you're dealing with the player instead of their agent you have to play that sort of you know good cop bad cop kind of role um and i I just thought that was kind of interesting a lot of people are are trying to bash him for it saying like this is what you pay agents for and uh then again somebody comes back and says yeah but he negotiated his entire rookie deal with basically his mom as his agent and he did just fine with it so why couldn't he you know do a deal like this and now i guess the the newest newest news is the nflpa is trying to get in on it and saying like hey dude you got to use an agent here because they don't want to see their players, you know, taking any less money to devalue a position. I mean, it's not like the precedent has already been set. Um, You know, we've talked about contracts in, in the past. And it's always like, okay, well, this guy got this much, so I want this much. And it's usually I want right. a little bit more than this guy. Um, I, I know we talked about 
uh, Lamar's contract when Dak signed his extension. Yep. And I can't remember if we said that he was going to get more or less than Dak. Um, but he's going to be looking to be in that same ballpark, at least, you know, similar, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, um, but around the range that Dak got. So like, really does an agent make that much of a difference when the precedent has already been set and we already kind of know, okay, well, like this is what the range is. This is what the, the parameters are. This is what the ballpark is. This is kind of like, okay, like this is what Mahomes got. Well, okay, Lamar's not getting Mahomes money. Um, this is what Dak got. So is he somewhere between Dak and Lam- and Mahomes? Is he a little bit less? Is he somewhere maybe between Dak and Russell Wilson? Um, where does where, you know where does he fall in line? Right. So it's like I, I just don't see like why bring in an agent to give up a cut for something that you already know what you're going to get. Um, it, it, there's not a huge. There's not big question marks. It's not like he's looking to. Uh, you know, reset the market like Mahomes did. Uh, and he's also not the first player to do this. I mean, right. uh, Richard Sherman yeah. hasn't had an agent for years. He's negoti- He negotiated uh, his own contract when the Seahawks cut him a couple of years ago. Right. He negotiated his own contract with the 49ers, which he got absolutely grilled for uh, negotiating a really bad contract, but it actually worked out in his favor. Um, because he outperformed his contract and he put in a bunch of performance bonuses that he got. Uh, Russell Okun, uh, actually a- another former, uh, former Seahawks player, um, also doesn't have an agent. He negotiates his own contracts and actually he's got a, uh, in his contract that he gets part of his contract paid out in Bitcoin. Uh, um, like, so like it's, it's not like Lamar Jackson is, you know, breaking the wheel here. He's not the first, you know, maybe he's the first quarterback to be um, negotiating without an agent. And maybe that's where the, the uh, union is like, whoa, whoa, like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 man, like you're a quarterback, like make sure you get your value. Um, but again, we, we we know what quarterbacks are getting paid. So what, what's the issue? Like, what, maybe, maybe there's other guys like behind Lamar, like maybe someone like Kyler Murray is like reaching out to the union and be like, yo, man, like get a hold of Lamar, like make sure that like he gets a good contract. Cause like mine's coming up soon here too. And I want to make sure that I don't get screwed over because he takes a lesser deal. I don't know. Right. And, uh, you make some absolutely perfect comments there. Like, you know, this isn't unprecedented maybe as a, you know, a quarterback doing it, but we've seen other players do it. And for the fact that Lamar did it for his rookie contract also leads me to believe that maybe he knows what he's talking about. Maybe he knows what he's doing because he successfully did it. Like, how can, how can we not see that? And, you know, to play a little devil's advocate here, I think the thing people or specifically the union would be concerned about would be, yeah, if he tended to, you know, take that hometown discount we talk about where he's giving up a little bit uh, here or there. They don't want to see that because, you know, the players union is looking out not just for their top end players, but for those players who are making, you know, veteran minimums, like it devalues all the way down the ranks to those guys, like maybe two year careers where they're not making as much as Lamar. But, um, yeah, I, it, it seems weird that he wouldn't be able to do that. The only things I would be concerned for Lamar 
might be like you talked about with the Richard Sherman things where it's like performance escalators or, you know, do, do, has he done his homework well enough to understand what some of those, uh, you know, contract clauses are like? Could they cut him and, you know, not pay anything out kind of thing like a greasy Patriots deal? Uh, so th- that would be the only place where I would be concerned about that for Lamar. But whatever contract Lamar signs, he's setting himself up and his family and his generations of his family for the rest of their life. I, d- I don't think anybody's worried that, you know, Lamar isn't going to be taken care of for the rest of his life. You had mentioned the DAC contract, um, the the Mahomes, the Wilson. I think it was Mike Tannenbaum. I can't remember where he was on, but he said that, um, you know, he's going to be in that. And I agree with him that Russell Wilson to Dak Prescott like money. And he's either, hold on a second, I had it up here. There it is. Uh, his next deal figures to flirt with or exceed contracts like that. So if it was in that $40 million mark, I... I think that's a win for the Ravens. Um, you know, you're projecting this guy at, you know, his early 20s. Sign him for four or five years. I don't think it goes any more than that five years uh, or else teams kind of get the better end of those deals most likely. Um, the other interesting part, and we, we won't talk about this because it's just all speculative, but... Uh, the, the other two that are in line for extensions that people are talking about are Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. And I think anybody who's smart enough to understand how contracts work, if you are a fan of either one of those teams, the Bills, the Browns, or the Ravens, you better hope that your quarterback is the first one to get signed. Because like Chris was talking about, that's where people are going to base it off. That's where the agents of the other two are going to base it off or Lamar if he's, you know, the one of the other two is, okay, well, Baker just signed his. So I want, you know, one million more per year than Baker or whatever that is. They always want to exceed what their peers kind of are doing. It's what Dak did, right? Um, Yeah, lots to uncover there. It's... uh. I think I feel like we could talk contracts forever. <laughs> Especially if you're a Ravens fan, you want Lamar signed before Baker and Josh Allen. Yes. Because out of those three guys, who has the MVP? Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, so can can some of the other ones already argue, like that that that's already though like, you know, an ace in hand. Um, to say like, okay, well, Baker got this, Josh got this, like how many MVPs have they won? Right. Right. Yeah. I've got my playoff win under my belt. Now here's my record as a starter. Like, you know, he's, he's got all the accolades too. And that's why I say, if you can get him locked up for that 40 mil a year and do it something like a Mahomes contract where, you know, it, it isn't crippling your franchise. Uh, you still probably have, at least like a three-year window where he's making low enough, you know, cap hit money to where you can be, um, you know, really competitive. Um, We'll do one more contract one because this one came out earlier in the week and this one had me shaking my head and I feel like 
if you weren't shaking your head at this, you're uh, probably under 16 years old or you have your head in the sand. And that was uh, Kyle Pitts signed his rookie contract. And uh, so the tight end for rookie rookie tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, fourth overall pick this year, uh, he signed his rookie contract. And when you think tight ends in the NFL, you probably, and I won't put words into your mouth, but you probably think Travis Kelsey, you probably think George Kittle, and maybe like uh, a Darren Waller. Those are the names you probably think of the highest paid tight ends. Well, and so we're going on guaranteed money here. And that's a big one for NFL players because their contract can get basically wiped out. So we're talking Kelsey. He makes 20.7 mil guaranteed. He's fifth on the list. We're like, wow, okay. What about Kittle? Oh, he's fourth on the list. He makes 23.6 guaranteed money. Darren Waller doesn't even crack the top five. You then have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith coming in third and second respectively. And Kyle Pitts, for never having played even a preseason NFL game, is making $32.9 million guaranteed the most of any tight end in the NFL. Isn't that like good for him? He smart dude who's getting paid. I love to see players get paid, especially if they're not on my team um, for like he hasn't proven anything. Great college player looks to be an unbelievable talent. I hope for his sake that he is, but he hasn't done anything yet. This is wild. He, he's obviously got a great agent. <laughs> yeah. He did not sign his own contract there. Um, I mean, he's already um, the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. Um, there is a lot of hype behind this guy. I mean, they just traded Julio Jones. Uh, which now pushes Kyle Pitts into at least the number two receiver uh, for the Falcons. Um, you know, if if not the number one, depending on you know Calvin Ridley and what have you. I, I don't know what Kyle Pitts's uh, chops are as a blocker. I don't think he's going to be really used too much in blocking schemes. That's going to be Hayden Hurst's job. Um, it is definitely one of those things though, that like you look at it and it does make you scratch your head, right? Like, especially when, when, you know, comparing two guys like Travis Kelsey, who is, uh, I think 31 years old, been in the league for, you know, I don't know how, however long he's been, I, I don't have it up in front of me here. Um, and arguably the, no, not even arguably. Yeah, I mean, he is. the best tight end in the NFL right now. Um, you know, Kittle's not bad. Darren Waller's not bad, but Kelsey's the best tight end in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pitts just signed a bigger, <laughs> bigger contract than him. <laughs> like, so it, it does make you scratch your head for sure. Um, I think, you know, four years from now, we're going to look at it and be like, Okay, yeah, sure, probably. I, but even then, like, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm I'm going off of like the the hype and the expectation, right? Like, four years from now, we could be like, wow, the Falcons really like 
mess this situation up. Like they really dropped the ball here. Like who knows? Like it, it's so hard to say. Right. So two things with that. One, not only is he the highest drafted tight end, highest guaranteed money tight end, but he also was the only, I believe you said, rookie tight end to get, you know, invited into the uh, tight end summit or tight end university is what they were calling it over. Uh, yeah, the tight end you over our uh, our good friend uh, Tebow. And uh, I forgot what I was going to say there. There's two things <laughs> I should know. It might not be as hot as last day, week, but my brain is literally uh, still melting from last week. Um, oh, I remember what it was. Good. I, so <laughs> our good buddy Kyle always says that if you are making decisions in sports based on hope, Hope is not a strategy. Hope is exactly what it is. You're hoping on something to come uh, to fruition. So if best case scenario, if he looks the part of what he does and we look back in four years and go, wow, you know what? That contract really worked or maybe he even outplayed it. You're still hoping. You literally are hoping that like best case scenario. And that's a stupid way to build a franchise in my opinion. Um, I'm going to leave this one up to you because I haven't looked too much into the next topic here. Uh, you actually text me about it saying, hey, did you see what happened? And of course, you know, not being a Seahawks fan, I, I kind of didn't even hear the news on it. So uh, is it Tamorian? Tamorian oh. Terry? That guy's probably going to make yeah. the all name team. Um, <laughs> what, what What's the news on him? the uh the the all name team in in prison maybe um <laughs> yeah so Tamorian Terry um undrafted free agent out of uh Florida State University um to the you know Seahawks uh signed him after he went undrafted uh you know he was he was projected to probably compete for a roster spot a lot of people are actually really excited to see him in training camp, see how he looked. Like a lot of people were, you know, kind of surprised that he went undrafted, which from my understanding went undrafted due to, uh, I think he had a hip injury or a knee injury. Like he, 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 he was a little bit banged up last year. Uh, and then there were some character questions, um, as well, uh, <laughs> with, with him. Uh, so anyways, uh, he got waived by the Seahawks Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, something like that. And everyone's kind of like, whoa, 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 like, what the hell's going on? Like, why has Tamori and Terry been waived by the Seahawks? Like, you know, a lot of Seahawks fans were kind of like bummed being like, like, you know, like I thought this guy was going to be really good. Like I thought he was going to be like, you know, have a chance in camp. Like we were really excited about this guy. And then, you know, uh, you know maybe 12 hours later, not even 12 hours later, uh, it, it, it comes out that he has been indicted by a grand jury on, uh, murder charges, uh, relating to, to, a, a gang related shooting <laughs> at a Georgia nightclub in, uh, from back in 2018. Uh, wow. <laughs> so it's just kind of one of the things that like, you see it and you're like, Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> um, 
You're, I mean, you're not throwing your hands up in the air being like, what are they doing anymore? Yeah. Like the, the you know, Wednesday night, we were all kind of like, what the hell? And then Thursday morning, we're like, Oh, like, Okay. Should have lower my should have lower my hands now. Like I, I don't know what to do with these anymore. Um, <laughs> Good move, Seahawks. It, yeah, right. Like <laughs> obviously the Seahawks caught caught wind of something, you know, before it got made public. Um, I, I did read today like he's apparently being very cooperative. He's expected to, to uh, turn himself in. Um, you know, back in 2018 when the whole thing happened, he. Um, you know, voluntarily uh, gave up his cell phone. So, you know, who knows how it's going to turn out? Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to see, um, you know, unnecessarily, I guess, a young person's life um, destroyed because of allegations that they, uh, you know, weren't, aren't guilty or, or what have you. Um, but let the court process do its due diligence, let it all find, you know, everything, you know, kind of find out. But I, as far as, you know, him playing the NFL, I don't, I obviously that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave that one right there. I think it, it kind of falls in the same line with, uh, you know, why we didn't talk a whole lot about Deshaun Watson and his, you know, is he going to play this year? Is he going to get traded? Kind of just, you have to wait until, you know, bigger than football things play themselves out one way or another. Um, and yeah, uh, like you said, hopefully, you know, justice is served one way or another. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't think football is in his uh, future or maybe even immediate future. Uh, one person who football is back in his future, and I'm super excited for this guy, is Flash Gordon. And uh, so he just, he filed for reinstatement, and uh, I believe the league approved it. And uh, this is huge news for for me anyways, because even though he was a Brown for many years, um, and I was not looking forward to him uh, terrorizing the AFC North his whole career. I feel so horrible for this kid and the way his career has gone due to uh, substance abuse. Um, you know, there's all sorts of stories. Uh, our, our buddy Ted there that was on with us, he's obviously a big Browns fan. And I remember him telling me a story about when you know it was right in the heat of things and I think when the season was over for the Browns they obviously they weren't making the playoffs way back then uh he was on a team chartered flight coming home the season was over you know and uh he just had a beer on the plane had a beer with his with his teammates you know he wasn't getting belligerent he had a singular beer on the plane and they tested him the minute he got off the plane uh when he came home and that started like another suspension for him because that was part of his terms of conditions like i just feel like the league needs to pull their head out of their you know what's and stop you know we talked about pick your battles 
pick your battles with these things. Um, you know, we, we won't go into this too far because I think we could talk about it for hours. But obviously, um, you know, this news has come out with the Olympic sprinter and how like, you know, she's getting suspended for, you know, trace cannabis in her system. Nobody in the history of playing sports has ever said, hey, this person smokes weed they have an unfair advantage. Not not once would I ever be playing against somebody and they were high, would I say, man, they really have the advantage on me over here, like in this game. Uh, so, you know, I, I just want to see Josh Gordon get a chance. He's still, you know, he's getting into that 30-year age where play starts to decline, but this dude's body is fresh. You know, he hasn't played a whole lot of games and... I just will never forget that I don't I want to say 2013 season when he led the NFL in receiving yards with like almost 1700 like he was just he was absolutely unstoppable and if I remember correctly he actually didn't play the full 16 game season I think I want to say it was like 13 four I think it was 14 games um he's just he's such a special talent that never got to showcase his ability in his prime for one thing or another. And then from the human aspect of it, I just hope this guy can, you know, get rid of whatever demons are pulling him down and he just finds happiness and success. Um, but I, I want to see him play football again. Some meaningful snaps of football again. What do you think? He was most recently a Seahawk. Um, yeah, it, you know, the whole Josh Gordon thing, it, it, it's not, I, I saw, um, Greg Bell, who was a, you know, he's a Seattle, um, media person. I, I, I can't remember which outlet he's with right now off the top of my head. And, you know, Josh Gordon's not a football story. He's a humanity story. Um, he, he's one of those guys that, yeah, like you just, you want to see him succeed. You want to see him um, be able to realize, you know, not realize his dream. He's already, you know, realized his dream. But, like, I guess um, recapture, reimagine his dream, um, you know, w- whichever way you want to describe it. Um, you know, talking about Demarius Thomas and, you know, like, oh, like he was still in the league. Like, you just want to see these guys go out on their own terms. Totally. And that's what I want to see happen for Josh Gordon. I want to see him go out on his own terms. Um, you know, it, it it was, from my understanding, a lot more than just smoking weed. Um, there were some other substances that were an issue uh, there, allegedly. Again, this is, you know, all, all through the media. Um and I just, yeah, wherever he ends up, I, I hope the NFL um, does reinstate him. I mean, you know, the way it happened last year where they said, yes, he's reinstated, he can play, everything's good to go. And, you know, it looked like he was going to suit up for the Seahawks in like week, I don't know, 16 or 17 or whatever it was. And then like in the 25th hour, the league was like, nope, just kidding. Like, we're revoking that, we're suspending him again, like indefinitely um apparently he has been tested for the last uh three months uh 
leading up to his reinstatement. So, yeah, I just, I, I really, I am rooting for the guy. Um, again, not from a football perspective, from but from a humanity perspective, I just want to see him, um, you know, obviously do what, like, I, I feel like he's looking for proper closure from the league. Um, not, not to, you know, say how he's feeling, but I feel like he's looking for, you know, like, I know I can still do this. I want to prove I can still do this and that I'm not just this, um, you know, guy that's been abusing substances for my entire career. And I, I, I want to come back. I want to prove it and, and go out my own way. So I, I, I hope it works out for him. Um, you know, I'd love to see him back in Seattle. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a spot necessarily for him anymore in Seattle. Um, but wherever he ends up, I'll definitely be rooting for him. Yeah, you said that really well, Chris. Um, just as like closure, but, you know, from a humanitarian aspect. And I think there's also something to it if, you know, he comes back and he shows, you know, he has a, let's just say he has a successful season. Let's forget about how many yards and touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I would hope that that can show other people, you know, who are dealing with tough tough times as well that hey uh just because times are tough doesn't mean that they always have to be tough um you know you just have to get your get yourself on track and you know get the help that you need and uh recognize your potential so really well said uh for the last couple weeks here we have been doing like a little fantasy football kind of segment or we've been just chatting fantasy football i know it's super popular but we also love uh just talking about it so we thought for this week we would do a little bit i know there's a whole bunch of people apparently uh drafting already which i find very strange uh this this early in the season but you know what do i know you're out there making multiple trades uh back in june so maybe i'm just behind the ball but we thought it would be kind of fun to do you know, a couple breakout guys and a couple busts to avoid. I know that's kind of all the rage, like who are those guys I should be picking up? Um, and then who are those guys that everyone else wants to pick up that I should stay away from? So uh, I'm going to deter to you on this one first. Uh, who do you got for, give me a breakout guy. Give me like somebody maybe high profile. Give me somebody like a middle tier and then Give me some like kind of like unknown or like lower level guy. Um, yeah, it's uh, you talked about uh, drafting already and and how that's wild. Um, I actually I I got into the Scott Fishbowl this year. Right, didn't quite make it into the main league. I got into a satellite league, which is going to be a best ball league. But I'm I'm super super excited. Um, you know the the Scott Fishbowl is. Uh, you know, fantasy football, but for charity. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of uh, major, um, you know, professional athletes, uh, fantasy football analysts like Adam Rank and Matthew Barry are a part of it. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, for that. And the, the, the draft actually starts uh, tomorrow. Oh, nice. Uh, for that, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. A uh, little bit nervous because it's a little bit different. Um, you know, best ball, super flex. So, uh, you know, uh, tight end premium. So 
really gonna have to go outside of my my normal realms of of draft strategy for that one and i haven't done a single mock yet so perfect <laughs> yeah just gonna wing it i'm gonna go kicker first round probably i don't know it's a kicker year. um hey kickers matter <laughs> kickers are people too <laughs> yeah um breakouts uh i mean this isn't going to be a, a, a big shock to anybody. I'm sure this guy is on a lot of breakout lists for a lot of people. Um, but I'm including him, including him here as well. Um, and that's Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, big reason why I'm including Hurts on my breakout list. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot of other second-year dual-threat quarterbacks have breakout seasons in that second year guys like Mahomes guys like Lamar Jackson Kyler Murray um you know last year I was telling anybody who wanted to listen to me draft Kyler Murray um because I was expecting big things from him last year and um I I didn't check to see where he finished but I I I know he had a good year um and and Jalen Hurts I think you know anytime you can find a quarterback who does have the ability to run as well. Um, you are getting just so many more fantasy points. I mean, I always like to bust your balls about Lamar Jackson being a running back. <laughs> um, but that's been the joke in fantasy football too, is, you know, starting him at, you know, in the quarterback position in fantasy football is like starting an extra running back. Cause he does have that ability um, to, 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 to bust a big run, get a rushing touchdown, whatever it is, right? Um, and, and I'm not saying that to be disparaging or to be disrespectful. He just, he is, it, it, it's like, my, you know, go back 15 years, like Mike Vick. Um, same idea. Um, Jalen Hurts, he's got some more weapons this year. He's got Devontae Smith, of course, at wide receiver. Uh, Kenny Gainwell at, at running back, um, who is projecting to kind of be uh, maybe not the every down every down back, but he's going to be um, kind of the passing down back. Maybe like a early um, career Austin Eckler type. Uh, you know, maybe kind of pick up a couple runs here and there. A lot of passing down stuff. Uh, prove prove their worth, uh, and and you know maybe a year or two from now become the starter. Yeah, the, those are all good picks. Um... I actually kind of went a little running back heavy here. Um, If we're talking about some top guys that are going to have that breakout or maybe even just like bounce back, um, I'm picking one guy on my team that I still currently have, and that's uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, If you look at his numbers, when Dak is there, he's a top three uh, fantasy football guy. When Dak is not there, he's still a top 10 guy. Um, Just doesn't have quite that production but he's getting Dak back um he's still only 26 years old too so um lots of good ball left in him I expect a huge bounce back uh but if I'm picking one guy to make a huge leap uh I'm picking scary Terry McLaurin look at the numbers this guy has done with really not good quarterbacks And no support around him at all where defenses are like, yeah, we know where you're going with the ball on that one. Like we just got a double or maybe even triple Terry and he still comes down with the ball. 
Um, he's got extra help now. They just got Curtis Samuel. Uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson is getting his game going. Ryan Fitzpatrick loves throwing the ball. Uh, so I expect a big bounce uh, from him. Maybe some middle tier guys. I've got guys like Cooper Cup. Uh, I, I've, I love this guy since his rookie year, you know, this, I got him in our league. I kept him the first year as my rookie keeper. Uh, again, now he has an even better quarterback to distribute him the ball. Don't sleep on Cooper cup this year. I think he's got big things. If I had to pick a middle tier kind of running back, I'm going to be a homer on this one and pick Gus Edwards. You know, he, is the clear 1B, if you want to call it. Uh, there's not a three-headed monster there right now. Um, everyone said that they were signing Todd Gurley. I think that was weeks ago now that that said the Ravens were going to sign him this week. Uh, he just puts up numbers every time he has the ball. They just uh, gave him a contract, so I think he's going to be looking to prove that contract. I think they're going to play him for what they paid him. Now he's not making that minimum amount, so they're going to want him to put a little more up. Uh, and if I had to pick out a couple breakout guys, uh, kind of those lower tier, you know, take a shot on them, I would actually go with uh, a couple running backs here who I, I like running backs who are one injury away from being, you know, a bona fide bell cow. So I'm actually going to your neck of the woods with Rashad Penny. Uh, you and I have talked about that. If Chris Carson goes down, um, you know, a guy like that could step up and we know he has the skills to do it. He's just never kind of been given that full shot and dealt with some injuries. Or again, like if we go back to Dallas, Tony Pollard showed that he's a weapon. They could turn to him, especially, you know, knock on wood. Sorry to our listeners as they're bleeding from their eardrums, but um, I have Zeke Elliott, so I don't want him to get hurt, but he hasn't been hurt as a running back in his career yet. So you got to wonder, maybe he's just taking really good care of his body. But if that were to happen, a guy like Pollard could come out of the woodworks. Um, who do you got for some busts? These ones are fun for me because I'm sure they're going to be like, no way. Yes way. It's a bust. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we all know how I feel about the New Orleans Saints offense this year. <laughs> um, and knew you were going to go for there. anybody that f- follows me on Twitter. Um, I somebody was to be like, give me like your you know hot take for fantasy football this year, and I was like, Alvin Kamara will not finish as a top five running back wildness i I love that you know what people throw around the word hot take way too easily on the internet now that ladies and gentlemen is a hot take like tim tebow making the 53 man roster that's a hot take alvin Kamara not being a top five running back that is a hot take that is how you do it i love it yeah, I I don't want any part of that New Orleans Saints offense. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, no thank you. Michael Thomas, no thank you. Jameis Winston, definitely not. And Taysom Hill, fire him into the sun. Uh, he's gone. 
Um, a lot of people are talking about Adam Troutman, tight end for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know. I also don't really have a lot of confidence in that either. Um, but yeah, Alvin Kamara, like I said, he will not finish wow. the season, folks, as a top five fantasy running back. Um, wow. One of the other guys that I have as a bust, um, he was a big free agent off, um, signing this past off season uh, in the Big Apple, and that is Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to a situation where, you know, in Detroit he was the guy, whereas in New York he's a guy. Um, you know, they've got Sterling Shepard, they've got Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, John Ross, Saquon Barkley. Um, that's a lot of most to feed, like when you add Kenny Galladay into the mix there. And like Andrew said, uh, when we had Andrew on a couple of weeks ago, uh, talk, talking about his Detroit Lions, is that, you know, there's a reason why Kenny Galladay, uh, you know, is, is tops in the league for contested catches, and that's because he he struggles getting separation. Um, so he's going to a situation where he uh, is a guy, not the guy. He struggles to get separation and he's downgrading at quarterback. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I have said in the past and I, I still stand by it. I'm, I'm not a big Matthew Stafford believer, uh, but Daniel Jones certainly isn't any isn't a Matthew Stafford either. He is a downgrade from Matthew Stafford. And if Galladay's not getting separation, uh, Jones is going to struggle that much more. Yeah, the, those are those are great picks. Um, like I said, I, I love those hot take picks. Where don't give me a hot take like Christian McCaffrey is going to have a bounce back season and be the best player in fantasy football. Oh, we all know it. Like, don't give me that junk. Um, Okay, so my bus, and I can't believe I'm saying this live for everybody. This is the only time I'm ever going to do this. I promise. Um, I actually thought of two former Alabama players who I think are going to be the big bus, which pains me inside because I love these dudes. Uh, But if we want to talk hot takes, the first one is Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have a massive drop off. I think, uh, they want to be this high flying, uh, you know, passing team. I still think he's going to get his, uh, I think you'd be crazy if you didn't ride Derrick Henry, but, uh, maybe they want to manage that load a little bit, you know, maybe they don't want to burn him out and risk injury now that they have other options. Um, you know, in passing the ball or, you know, new friend of the podcast, Darrington Evans, who is going on a following for he following spree. He still hasn't followed me yet, but I'm, I'm sure it, he's just taken time uh, coming in. Yeah, I, I don't think Derrick Henry will finish this season as a top five fantasy football player. That's I just I think it's going to be McCaffrey. I think if Dalvin Cook is healthy. He's there. I think Nick Chubb is there. Uh, I can see a bounce back year for Saquon with the weapons they have outside to take a little pressure off Daniel Jones. I think Aaron Jones is one of the most underrated people in fantasy football completely. Um, Yeah, so I I could see all of those guys uh, surpassing him. And then people were not even thinking of like, maybe Antonio Gibson has this big breakout year now that they have weapons on the outside and teams can't load the box because they're like yeah okay Dwayne Haskins throw the ball on us please like we'll live and die by you throwing a deep ball okay 
Um, and the other one is Najee Harris. And not because, and I know, Chris, you just traded for the first overall pick. Or what, wait, what did you, second overall pick in our league. I'm sure you're hoping that he falls to you. But that Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is so unbelievably bad. Um, I just think he's going to have, I, I said this, uh, you know, last no, not last week. Week before last, I was on uh, a cover four with the guys podcast, and we started talking. Can't even remember if it was off air or on air. Um, ab- about this, and I was like, Najee Harris has to be Barry Sanders this year to be anything good. Like we forget, Barry Sanders is regarded as one of the like top five running backs of all time. We forget how unbelievably good Barry Sanders was. Like he had to run for his life to earn every single yard. And I think that's what Najee is going to have to do as well. Um, I hate doing that to my former Alabama players, but uh, guess what? You're a stealer now, so I feel less bad about it um, is all I can say on that one. <laughs> do you, uh, so let's move on here. We're, we're just over the hour marker. Uh, we are moving on to everybody's favorite segment, of course, the third down. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, uh, third down. Um, I decided to switch it up a little bit here. Uh, you know, I, I've said in the past, just when you think you have all of the answers, <laughs> I change the questions. You're wild card. Um, and this this week, I decided to. Um, Go really off the charts and not do head-to-head matchups this week. Um, as weird as that may sound, yeah. Um, last week we we had a uh, you know one of our uh, Twitter followers, one of our uh, regular listeners, kind of reach out to us um, with our uh, a mailbag question, um, but he kind of got it into us a, a little bit late, so we didn't get to it on air. And he asked us to, um, you know, rank phase three of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that uh, that listener, of course, was Jacob Vogel, which you guys can follow him over on Twitter at Real Jake Vogel, V-O-G-E-L. I, I may be mispronouncing that. And if I am, I apologize, Jake. Um, and that, of course, got me to thinking, um, you know, well, why, you know, why jump all the way to phase three? Like, why not start at phase <laughs> one? Um, so let's uh, let's discuss phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll let you know what the you know what the movies were in phase one. Um, like I said, no head to head matchups this week. So if you haven't seen them all, that's OK. Uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, to put you on on blast this time around <laughs> just you, every you other can time just let me know yeah exactly i i i uh I, I know what your record is when it comes to watching movies that everybody else likes yeah um Not so very I, good. I figured this week hopefully you've seen at least one of them um and you can let us know uh which of the six is your favorite from phase one of the mcu uh, so, of course, Steve, with that, because um, I forget every other week, <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this one. Third down. 
All right, man. Um, I don't know about you. I'm a huge, huge, huge MCU nerd. Um, not a big comic book nerd, but like I never really read. Like I never read the comics growing up, but like I love the movies. Um, so with phase phase one, uh, we have uh, you know starting with uh, the first one back in 2008. Iron Man, uh, of course, starring Robert Downey Jr. Uh, also in 2008, uh, we had The Incredible Hulk, starring Edward Norton Jr., uh, who never um, reprised his role as uh, as Hulk. <laughs> um, didn't didn't want to. I, I would have to look into it, but from my understanding, he didn't want to uh, didn't want to do it again. Um, which I think probably is because his uh, movie tanked. Um, after 2008, we had Iron Man 2 come out in 2010. Uh, we got our introduction to Thor in 2011 with uh, you know his uh, first movie. Also in 2011, we had Captain America, the first Avenger. And in 2012, the final movie of Phase 1, we had the first rendition of the uh, four of them coming together to create the Avengers. So of those six, do you have a favorite from phase one? Yeah, I'm going to preface this by saying uh, you are a much bigger MCU nerd than I am. Uh I, I like the movies. I, I enjoy them. I'll rewatch, you know, my favorites of them. Uh, I don't really follow the storyline overly close, which, you know, is probably pretty faux pas when you're talking to MCU nerds. Uh, I can tell the way you're talking about them that you, you know, you've seen them and you understand them more in depth. So for those listeners, they can... I guess take my answers with a little bit of grain of salt. Like he's an idiot, but we'll let him talk on air. Um, <laughs> I think probably my, I, it's been a while since I saw the first incredible Hulk and the first Thor. Um, I did go back last month and rewatched uh, the Iron Man's. Uh, it's been a while since I've saw the first Avenger. Um, and, and, uh, I'm trying to remember, this is the problem with MCU stuff is they all blend in together for me. So I know I've seen the first Avengers. I just can't really remember it. So I can't pick that one. Um, I would probably have to pick Iron Man 2, or uh, Captain America First Avenger. I, I I love the Iron Mans. I feel like I can relate with Tony Stark being this just kind of sarcastic, um, doesn't really care a lot about what people think of him and if they have a bad thing to say about him. Uh, maybe there's a witty response back uh, his way. And I, I just love that style of like, uh, you know, the way Robert Downey Jr. kind of just plays everything off and is just super like on the ball, on the wit. Uh, obviously, I, I I just love like the action of Iron Man. I think he's one of the cooler, uh, you know, superheroes in terms of what 
he does because he uses technology with intelligence to be kind of this cool guy. And me and my son were playing with his Iron Man mask earlier in the week. Uh, and I took some photos with that. I, I think I post them on Twitter. Um, so I'm going to go with Iron Man 2 on this one. What do you, Who do you have? Iron Man. Okay. So if, if Iron Man 2 is your best, um, because Jake did ask us to rank them. Um, I won't ask you to go through all six, but if you were to say um, one of those six from phase one is your least favorite, um, which one would that be before I get into mine? Um, yeah, this is a tough one because they're all kind of, they just have like their own unique thing. I Process of elimination, I think I'm going to have to go with The Incredible Hulk. Um, I've never really liked, I think it's fun, like Hulk smash. Like, um, I don't know. He's a big green dude. Wow. You're muscular. You're strong. Um, but spoiler alert when Thanos, you know, beats you to a pulp and doesn't even think twice about it. Like, uh, that's a tough one to live up. So I'm going to go with incredible Hulk as my, my least favorite. Okay. Um, okay. So my phase one, like I said, um, not, uh, I, not a big comic book person. I didn't read the comic book, so I don't know what's canon, what's not canon. Um, I watched the movies to enjoy the movies and enjoy the storyline that they're giving me, um, based on what I'm watching. Um, so when Endgame came out, was that? must have been i think endgame came out two years ago um i I think that sounds right Mm -hmm. i I feel like endgame was pre-covid uh it it definitely was yeah isn't that weird that we have to like you know like timeline our lives now like pre-covid post-covid um but yeah i I feel like endgame was pre-covid um anyways i uh before going to go see Endgame in theaters, asked my wife, told my wife uh, that we were going to rewatch um, every MCU movie from one to Infinity War, um, you know, leading up to Endgame. Um, we depending on who you talk to, I guess, as far as like, what's the proper way to watch uh, the MCU movies. Some people say watch them in chronological order, which means starting with Captain America. Um, Other people say watch them in order of release, which means starting with Iron Man. Um, We did starting with in order of release, um, which to me still to this day, uh, makes more sense. Um, and that's simply because the end scene credits, if you watch them in order of release, the end scene credits make, um, or the, the, the post credit scenes, I should say, make more sense versus chronological. Um, you know, things might get a little bit mixed up there. Um, so yeah, so we, we went through the whole, the whole shebang. Um, (laughs) except for the incredible Hulk. Um, the incredible Hulk is the only one that I have not seen 
still to this day in the MCU. Um, and I'm in no rush to watch it. Um, I mean, guess which one is my, uh, you know, if, if we're ranking them, uh, the Incredible Hulk is at the bottom. Um, Thor is probably above that simply because I just, it was kind of like, it was nothing special. Um, Captain America is going to be above Thor. Um, when rewatching them, Captain America for me just didn't age well. Mm. Um, it was kind of one of those movies where like, I, I just, I wasn't captivated. It, it, I really struggled getting back into it. Um, and kind of following the whole storyline. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't find it that, that exciting. Um, Iron Man two, I'm actually going to rank above, uh, Captain America, um, so my top two, as far as phase one goes, comes down to the original Avengers movie, which I can't believe you said that you don't remember it. Like they absolutely destroyed New York City. Um, it was when we were, you know, Loki was trying to take over. Um, it, yeah, oh, it, right. I, it's I, believe, that one. I, I believe Avengers, the Avengers movie was also our first introduction to uh, Thanos. Um Again, it's been a while since it's been probably two years since I've actually watched that movie. Um, but I believe the original, the, the first Avengers movie is when we got introduced to Thanos. Because, of course, Thanos, um, you know, outsourced, hired Loki to um, destroy Earth. But my number one from phase one uh, has to be... The OG, the whole, the movie that started the whole thing. And if this movie wasn't a success, we wouldn't have the MCU today. And again, talking about movies and how they aged. And, you know, I said Captain America didn't age well. I found it to be really boring. Iron Man aged so well. I could watch Iron Man over and 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 over again. It is just, it is so good. Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect guy to play Tony Stark, which of course then in turn makes him the perfect guy to play Iron Man. Just everything about Robert Downey Jr. Like you just, you, you cannot see Tony Stark now without <laughs> thinking of Robert Downey Jr. It's you cannot so see true. Iron Man without thinking of Robert Downey Jr. Um, I mean, you could say the same about Captain America and Chris Evans. You can't see Captain America without thinking of Chris Evans, although, um, you know, spoiler alert, of course, uh, they, they have passed on on the shield. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Iron Man phase one uh, is without a question uh my my top movie yeah so when i said iron man 2 you kind of gave me like the hairy eyeball and i immediately knew where you were going to go with it my criteria for why i would have picked that one over the original iron man is just because when i go back to watch them if i'm like you know what i'm in the mood to watch an iron man show i will pick two over one almost every single time and i i don't know why like, I, maybe I just need to bite the bullet and go back 
and watch number one a couple more times to get re-familiarized with it. Um, but that, that was literally my only criteria point for why I would have picked that one over the OG. But it makes a lot of sense why, you know, we don't have all of these runoffs if it's not a wild success. And yeah, Robert Downey Jr., I just don't think you can go wrong picking an Iron Man for any of them. Building the suit in that cave and like the, the, the original suit to, you know, he escapes, he gets back to to America. He's got still has the shrapnel in his chest. He's got like just, oh, man. Yeah, it, it's actually funny that we're talking about this because I actually watched Iron Man 3 tonight. It was on uh, it, was, it was on it was on TV tonight. It was like, yeah, this is good background noise. We had my parents over for dinner, so I just kind of threw it on for background noise. But uh yeah, no, if I'm choosing, um, like I said, even if I'm choosing from any of the Iron Man movies, I'm going with the first one. Um, but yeah, phase one, uh, Iron Man takes uh, top ranking, um, probably closely followed by the Avengers movie. Um, but actually, I, I don't know. Just because like you said, that's the first time we actually get to see the team come together to be like this powerhouse that's going to, you know, be our savior to everything in the universe. Yeah. And you get, you know, in that first one, you get that, you know, you, you get the first glimpse of that power struggle between Captain America and Iron Man and, you know, who's in charge and, you know, they both want to be that guy. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It like I, sets the stage for uh, Civil War, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, Civil War, though, we, we, we've got a ways to go before we talk about yeah, Civil War. I think definitely. that was phase three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you what phase, but it's in there somewhere anyways. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, we have our mailbag segment, and I, I love the the tweet you sent out. We, we've been getting maybe, I, I feel like it's because a lot of people are on summer holidays and, you know, they're enjoying the weather more than they are uh, on their device, which I can never be mad about. But Chris sent out this, uh, you know, a tweet saying, get your cues in. We're taking questions for the mailbag. And then a couple hours later, I see a follow up quoting his own tweet with the Charlie Brown looking in his mailbox and finding nothing in there. But um uh, obviously we had Jake's question there that we kind of put into our third down segment. So Jake, obviously we'll be answering your question probably for the next couple weeks here. You know, we're not just going to stop at phase one. Um, but our, our good buddy, Marquise, I, I mentioned earlier that I was on their podcast. They're, they're a ton of fun, by the way, um, for all of you that love football and, and want to get a, a different perspective, a different, uh, a different voice on it to support some other guys. Uh, I believe I know two of them. I can't remember where the other one is from, but they're down in Florida. It's cover four with the guys. Uh, they're super awesome. They were, I, I had so much fun, uh, chatting with them. Um, so go check them out. So our, our guy Marquise here sent us three different questions and I'm going to put the first one to you cause it's a Seahawks one. Is it all or nothing for the Seahawks? Again, I, I love these questions where it's just like it's building you up for some all or nothing. You have to go one way or the other. Don't like play both sides of the fence. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been all or nothing for the Seahawks for the last two to three years. 
Um, so I, I, I don't see why this year would be any different. I mean, especially last year, they, you know, made the trade for Jamal Adams. They were obviously throwing, um, you know, all their chips into, you know, trying to make a run. Um, this year they have, you know, made some moves, you know, they, they made the trade for Gabe Jackson to help bolster the offensive line. Um, they, you know, drafted D Eskridge to be finally that, you know, wide receiver three, uh, behind Metcalf and Lockett. Um, they signed Gerald Everett to be, um, you know, the, the new starting tight end. Although I think Will Disley, uh, we'll have something to say about that. Um, there, there are maybe some uh, some question marks still at cornerback, um, which I've discussed previously. Um, you know, defensive line or at least pass rush, um, maybe still up in the air, but that they do have quite a bit of depth at the, at that position. Um, so I'm interested interested to see uh, how that looks in training camp and preseason. Um, but yes. It is all or nothing. Um, the, the the window is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, Russell Wilson is getting older. Pete Carroll is getting older. Um, they they clearly want to do this thing um, before uh, one of or both of those guys are gone. Yeah, they've kind of been that, you know, coach, power, franchise, quarterback uh, combo you know, the face, the identity of the Seahawks for so long. So yeah, that, that window's definitely getting smaller, especially when you said Pete Carroll's getting older. Um, he's definitely getting uh, very old. So um, his second... Aren't we all, though? Yeah. I mean, technically, we're <laughs> all getting exactly the same amount older every second, every day. So, um, and especially you and I, Chris, when we have young children, I feel like we are aging way faster than Pete Carroll. He has energy, he's funny, he's sporadic, and, uh, I'm not, <laughs> no, not at all. No. Uh, Marquise's second question, which second year back will have a better year? And he gave us four names to go through. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I know now. I now I can't even say the name without adding that in there. Thanks for that, Chris. Uh, Antonio Gibson or James Robinson. I think a lot of people will take Jonathan Taylor here. Um, <laughs> took all my restraint to not say <laughs> Thomas. That J- JTT. Actually, yeah. speaking of JTT. Did you see the photo of him that popped up uh, this past week on Twitter? Unrecognizable. Uh, to, right? Absolutely unrecognizable. Like, he's just your average guy. He's not JTT anymore. He's just a, a middle-aged man walking his pug. Yeah, I saw someone tweet it, being like, this is not Jonathan, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas that I remember. <laughs> and I actually had to go Google it, be like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas walking his dog, to be like, holy crap that actually is him and there's i think like 10 photos where like one of the 10 i'm like okay yeah that is jtt but i don't know who the guy is in the rest of these photos yeah yeah um i think a lot of people i think his name has been the one that surfaced out there as like the breakout guy of the year i still don't see it yet um 
you kind of got to prove it first. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a good pick. I think I had mentioned earlier, Antonio Gibson could be a guy to watch, uh, for breaking out, but we both know I'm picking JK Dobbins. He's a Raven. Uh, I loved the pick when they drafted him in the second round, even though they had two backs in Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. Uh, I still to this day, am super upset that I drafted Tyler Lockett on auto draft when I was picking JK Dobbins, <laughs> but I liked him so much that I went and traded. I believe it's my second round pick this year uh, and Zach Moss for him. I think we didn't get to see what JK Dobbins was capable of until maybe like, week five, six, kind of partway through the year. And even then, I don't think they showed what he can do in the passing game quite yet. Uh, I was having this debate on Twitter, you know, what back would you pick if you were picking second overall? Obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey would go first. And I said my criteria for a back if I'm picking them is I want you to be able to run the ball. And I want you to be able to catch the ball just as well, you know, for yards and for touchdowns. So I, I'm keeping him in our league as well, in our keeper dynasty league. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is easily my pick here, and I think it goes beyond just being a Ravens homer. Who do you got out of those four? Um, I love Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I think he should have a huge uh, season this year. Of course, running back for the Indianapolis Colts for anyone who wasn't sure, um, you know, we're not, uh, you know, actually talking about JTT from home improvement. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I think, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor should have a good season, but I I think of those four guys that Marquise gave us, um, I'm going Antonio Gibson of the uh, Washington football team. Um, you were talking earlier about scary Terry and, you know, having, uh, more help this season. You know, he's not the only wide receiver. Uh, got a better quarterback, blah, 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 blah. They've got, you know, Fitz magic there. They've got Curtis Samuel there. Uh, Logan Thomas may, you know, um, you know, uh, have a better season this year as well. Not that he had a bad season last year, just, you know, more progression for Logan Thomas, I should, I should say. Um, so it, it just, there's more weapons there to, you know, not kind of key in on both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. So that's going to be my second year running back, um, to have the breakout this year. Although I, I would love to see it be James Robinson cause I have him on <laughs> my keeper list. So, yeah, I, I think if I wasn't picking JK, I think, uh, Gibson would have been my pick, uh, for second place anyways, uh, so Marquise's third question, this is more, I mean, you can jump in on this one too. I don't mind. Uh, who will Lamar Jackson's favorite target be this season? And I think most of us in Ravenland or a lot of people probably want me to say Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is everything we thought he would be in training camp so far. He's smooth he's fast he's explosive he's catching the ball like he runs routes so unbelievably well and he's doing them against you know the best two cornerbacks in my opinion anyways uh cornerback duo and so uh, I think a lot of people want to say Rashad Bateman I think because they're having more weapons they have Rashad Bateman they have Hollywood Brown um 
they have Sammy Watkins. I think it's so easy to overlook Mark Andrews. He was getting doubled as a tight end, I know, uh, because they knew that was Lamar's favorite target and there wasn't a whole lot going on when Hollywood was going through his slump. So it was really easy to kind of just narrow in on Mark Andrews. But I think he's going to lead the team probably in receptions. Um, so that's where I would go for Lamar Jackson's favorite target. And it, it's always nice having that safety blanket tight end that, uh, you know, you can be their favorite targets. I don't know if you wanted to jump in on that one, if you had a different answer. I actually didn't. Okay. <laughs> That uh, I, I was hoping that you were going to say someone else like Rashad Bateman or, or, you know, Sammy Watkins or Hollywood Brown. So I could jump in and be like, no, it's going to be his tight end. But yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I think it's going to be Mark Andrews as well. Yeah. Uh, OK, so that's all the questions we have. Remember uh, to keep checking on Sun. Usually we put them out on Sundays because we're like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday. We should put our mailbag tweet out. Uh, but if you want to just hit us up in our DMs, uh, you know, you could hit us up right now if you wanted to, and we will keep your question uh, for the week's podcast. Like if you send us it on a Tuesday, it's OK. You know, those DMs yeah. don't go anywhere. We'll write them down. We'll make sure we get to them. Um, and like what happened with Jake, if you if you get them late on a Sunday, we might not get to them in time uh, to actually prepare you a somewhat logical response but we'll we'll always kind of push it over into the next week we won't forget about your questions uh we appreciate you guys I mean, sending them in so keep sending them in if you have been i mean look look at jake jake sent in a question late last week and all of a sudden he's taking over our third down segment so he's got the feature uh it. yeah send in those questions anytime guys we're we're happy to answer them definitely um, I will always leave the last word. Well, I should say always, most of the time. One of these days, I'm just going to be like, see you guys. Bye, Chris. <laughs> but I will. Leave there was you. that. There was that one week that you like said everything I was about to say. And so I was like, well, uh, all right. See you. See you later, guys, I guess. Bye, like, whatever. Yeah, I'll um, leave you with the last but word. Yeah, though. I guess I, I will happily take the, the, the last word here. Um, quick shout out to the real goat, Joey Chestnut, uh, 76 <laughs> hot dogs in 10 minutes today. Ugh. Uh, you know, I've been talking about Tom Brady, but, uh, Joey Chestnut is the real goat. And actually, I mean, maybe, uh, above Joey Chestnut is his toilet tomorrow, um, Ugh. as the goat. Whoa. Gross. <laughs> um, I couldn't imagine, like I could like in 10 minutes, like I could maybe eat 10 hot dogs like maybe but like i would feel i would feel terrible afterwards doing that right i like, think i mean i can't remember fully as a kid i probably had my fair share of hot dogs we did a lot of camping but i think since my teenage years until right now like the last 20 years of my life i don't think i've had 76 hot dogs in 20 years yeah that's a lot yeah. that's a lot of hot dog that's a lot of dirty meat yeah and like it's not even like just like, like oh, like they're hot dogs, but like I just don't know if I could eat ten hot dogs in ten minutes. Like it's just like my stomach would be full. Um, but anyways, <laughs> guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it as always. Uh, please go subscribe to the podcast, uh, rate, review, 
all those fi- uh, you know, all those fine things. Of course, we are hoping for that five star rating, not that one star rating. But uh, you know, what, whatever you're, whatever you're feeling that day. But please be generous. Uh, give us a follow on over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. You can of course find me as well on my Twitter account at Phillips Chris twelve. Uh, Steve, he is at SS Fisher eight seven. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. To the Blue Hotel I want to live at the Blue Hotel The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares It's for the open-minded The pleasure seeker It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality. Theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.